The golden rule says you should treat others the way you want to be treated. But an unfortunate truth is that idea doesn't account for the driving power of wanting to prove someone wrong or get even. Media moguls Vince McMahon and Ted Turner turned the 90s cable airwaves into an open war zone of professional wrestling with millions of fans. The global superpowers of the 20th century even threw down to be the first to send a man to the moon just as a flex. There are stories where people crash and burn in perceived mutual hatred, too. Like naturalist Charles Waterton humiliating himself trying to bring down American birding icon James Audubon. But that's the beauty of beef. It's funny, it's dark, it's humanity in a nutshell. And it's a triple gold signal award-winning show from Next Chapter Podcasts. I'm Bridget Todd. Join me as I serve up the juiciest rivalries you've never heard of. Listen to Beef wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, so obviously we need to touch on Burning Man. But listeners, I want you to know that when I texted Chris this morning, I assume we will be talking about Burning Man. What else? And he responds with, Brittany is getting tattoos. And I laughed so hard at the text. For some reason, I almost drove off the road. I, I, I couldn't. Aaron Bagwell and I are very concerned. We just send text messages back to each other saying, this is really bad. I'm scared. Oh, no. Like, things like that. We're just sending back and forth to each other, like, attached to video clips of Britney Spears getting a snake on her back. Like, she already has a tramp stamp, so, like, that area of her body is already, you know, mm -hmm. spoken for. So mm -hmm. she's getting, like, a, a lower spine tattoo of a snake. Right. I think there's more happening. She's at some random man's apartment. It's not great. 
Okay, a couple of things. First of all, if you're new to our podcast, you should know that Britney Spears getting tattoos around here constitutes world affairs. Yes, Just so it you is. Know, it's, a, it's a front page story. I'm sorry, it is a front page story. You, you needn't apologize here. You needn't apologize here. But yeah. the even funnier thing is that when I'm driving and I hear my <laughs> British version of Siri say, Britney is getting tattoos. I It's a life or death situation for me to keep on the road <laughs> without laughing to death, literally. It's concerning. It's scary. She's just like, as I said, like we ain't seen nothing yet. Like she's just like getting tatted up. She's with random weird men. Like that's the thing that I'm most concerned about is that she's now like with people because she's like never been able to be around people for right. like the last like 20 years. So now that she is, she's just with like these randos and I'm nervous. That's all. I can see what's happening with us as well, which because, you know, we don't we have an agreement that we're not going to do. We're not going to fix someone on this podcast who appears to be mentally unwell, which she clearly does. So what I think we're doing is just bringing her up in the intro every week until she's medicated. And then we can put her on the on the main podcast. This is Britney watch like this is you know what I yeah. mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, remember the uh, the South Park? It's episode 2009. About her? It's 2009. We're a yeah. shaved head away from. I, something cataclysmic. And, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's in the South Park episode. They literally go, Britney, watch. And then it was just updating <laughs> you every day on what was happening with her. And that's literally, literally, excuse me, literally what we're doing here. So when's the book coming out? The I don't know. Britney's I think book. Like, I think like she's delaying it so she can write a chapter about getting divorced. You mean so she can have someone write a chapter about it? Yes, I mean, stop. we don't even think, honestly, that she's... I No, Dominic, the worst part of it is I kind of think that she's writing it herself, which means it's going to be like thin. one paragraph long, and it's going to be 700 pages, and it's okay. one paragraph. That, that, that sounds like a series. That sounds like 800 pages of a drinking game. That's like, what I'm that, saying. That's what like, like, every time she says this, do this. Like, sure, I think like, oh, haha, like someone else is writing it for her. But then there is a part of me where I'm thinking that she's like, no, I'm going to write it myself. And every single person's like, of course you are. Like every person will, I'm going to buy it if it's one paragraph long and 700 pages. We're going to buy it either way. If it's a thousand page book, but there's only words on two pages in the middle, we're still buying it. Just to contribute to her, to thank her for her service, all the conversation that she's given us through all of these years. I can't wait to read her book. Also, you know, Barbara Streisand's book is coming out, and apparently it has been edited down to just shy of 1,000 pages. (laughs) Is it the most Barbara Streisand thing you've ever heard? It's like, if I'm going to write a book, it's going to be the biggest fucking book in history. And Dominic, I'm leafing through every single page. Of course, I'm going to take off from work. I can't read that quickly. I can't read a thousand pages in a weekend. And this is not something I'm skimming. I'm going to read every word. I'm going to highlight every piece of self-indulgent Barbara bullshit in this book. I'm making t-shirts. We're putting it on mugs. I'll be quoting it through the holidays. But I cannot wait for this book. I hope she spills like a truckloads of tea. I really do. If she doesn't read the audio book, that's a crime against humanity. Because I obviously, by by reading it, you I do obviously mean that I will buy the audio book and listen to it. But like, I am I need her to read the whole thing. What I will do is buy the audio book and the regular book and just read along with the regular book while she reads the <laughs> like audio book. A guided reading, yeah, like uh-huh. a, a guided yeah. reading. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's how I want to. Great idea. That. 
That's how I want to experience it. Also, if this book is close to a thousand pages, if she doesn't start recording it now, it won't even be ready for Christmas of 2024. No. She needs to get on the stick. It, she should have already done it. Like it should be done. She has been famous for 60 years and does not live in the shadows. I mean, she is still a fully no. famous per like I I'm not even it's hilarious that it's a thousand pages, but it's not surprising. I mean, you want her to talk that much shit. Are we going to get a chapter about the mall in her house? Uh, I hope so. Like, do we I think mean, that that's going to happen so. or no? Because weirdly, I feel like she's going to be like, no, I don't need to tell anyone about this. No when way. in reality, I, that's all I want to hear about. There are going to be things that she gets uh, like testy about discussing, which we'll want to know about. I don't yeah, know what those her things dog. will be. Some, some stuff, maybe the controversial stuff she'll stay away from. But I don't know, a thousand pages. She's done so much great work. She's, you know, she's had some very in the day, back in the day, high profile lovers, a string of them. So I oh, want to yeah. hear about all of those. I want to hear about her son. You know, I met, well, did I told you this, right? I, I, I no. encountered and met her son at a oh, bathhouse many yes. years ago. Yes, you did. You and did. For you those of you who don't know what a bathhouse is, it's like a gym that is only for men and that all you, fuck each other. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, rather than work out at this gym, you just, uh, you just get pink eye. That's pretty much what happens <laughs> at a bathhouse. <laughs> Oh, you get pink eye and you get warts too if you don't oh, wear you, your shower you, shoes. I mean, pink eye is pretty much that's in the goodie bag when you leave a bathhouse. Oh, but you know, you just got to hope it's worth it when you go in. All right. Now I want to talk about Burning Man. Do you know anyone who's at Burning Man or who went this year? I like peripherally do. Is that even a word? But, sure. but not like clitiferally. Yes, it is. Clitiferally do. But I, um, wait, P.S. You know, everyone's obsessed with Clidia, by the way. Just as an aside, oh, wait, everyone's so dying about Clydia, and so am I, and so are you. Like, hilarious. Continuing on. I don't have any one, no. I don't have, like, a boots on the ground at Burning Man. Do you? I do. I have several people who are there, all of whom are posting from there. And I always thought that the thing about Burning Man was, like, I'm off the grid, and that it wasn't even possible to communicate with the outside world, but because well, you're there in, like are a many, in, a, in a desert. <laughs> yeah, but there are many people posting from there and they're all saying, look, everything is fine. We're okay. We just can't come home. I'm like, okay, then everything's not fine. If you're <laughs> if you're stationary, then, then it's a disaster. That's well, let, that I mean, is. look at the fire festival. People were like having a great time, even though they were like, oh, we might mm -hmm. die. Like they were like mm -hmm. still drinking and having a great time. Was it terrible? Yes. Were they, did that affect them? No. I heard <laughs> I heard a woman on the radio this morning. It was a go. radio interview on, of course, 1010 Wins, which is the only radio station I, I would ever That's listen so, to. Literally so you. Oh, it's literally it's like, like the 1970s. Like my grandmother had it on a transistor <laughs> radio in her dining room, and I won't stop listening to it ever. Yeah. Um but they had uh, they had a young woman, and she was literally talking like this from Burning Man. Like, it just wasn't what we expected. And I heard her voice, and I just thought, I'm I'm so glad this happened to you, specifically, fam. <laughs> That's horrible. Not my friends, but I heard her voice. I'm like, your voice is not what that festival's supposed to be about. No. At all. One, Hassan said that they're like, people are protesting, that like, people are taking private jets there. Mm -hmm. 
And so they're like, the whole point of this is to like address climate change and like, right. like not be off the grid as in like, don't use electricity and uh-huh. or like anything that has a motor and you're it's, taking it's a ridiculous. private jet here. So yeah. it's like funny that it's, well, I mean, and not for nothing, it's like nothing can live anymore. That's not then becomes commercialized because at right. the end of the day, like they want my, our money, like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. they just want us to pay for everything. They don't want it to be anything. They want to make money off of it. So that's like its own problem. But yeah. When people find themselves in trouble in a situation where they are, where they are removed from society and where there is no electricity and stuff. All I think to myself is girl, do you know we've evolved where you don't have to be in that situation? You can have neighbors and grocery stores and generators and outlets. It's like, why are you putting yourself in a position where that could happen? You know what I mean? Well, At least you, if I lose electricity you, in my home, I can go to my neighbors or scream or walk to a store. But like it happens. Like, why do it? Why do that? Well, did you see the family that was like trying to live off the grid? They all died of starvation. <laughs> Wait, did one. you see that on people? <laughs> I people's no, Instagram. Don't speak yeah. that on me so everyone knows I'm a horrible person. I will people's- laugh at that. People's Instagram is outrageous. If you follow People Magazine's Instagram, you're getting everything from like- What is talking about the 1970s? You and Rebecca keep bringing up People Magazine all the time. I'm going to have to- It's my news source. It's my news source. I'm sorry to tell you. I can't. It's, you get everything again from celebrities falling to Mm. like- horrible murder like i stories that are beyond reality like right, just I'm so horrific i'm getting the, the updates from them it's wild like you're getting everything and it's never anything you actually care about ever at all no but i <laughs> like, mean it really is about births deaths and falls that's yes. what the whole that's what that yes. whole magazine is about or you're getting like here's this random person in iowa that this happened to and it's like couldn't care less about this. There's always an untold struggle. That's their favorite yeah. headline. <laughs> yes. you know I mean? Sandra Bullock's <laughs> untold struggle. It was like, why is she telling it here? The only reason I know anything about Sandra Bullock, her husband dying, except like the, the, um, the blind side controversy is people.com. Yeah. They are literally your lifeline yes. to the world. Yes. Wait, did you, did you say your mother, you have a Long Island IC story oh. via Mother DeRosa? Is this I'm true? just going to hit you with this really quickly, and then we should get to our guest. Okay. Is this going to okay. make me gasp as much no, as the you're... off-the-grid family that all died, and then I laughed at them in front of our 2.4 <laughs> no. million listeners? Okay. It's going to be similar. Um, P.S. All my mom does is text me how funny you are and not me. And so <laughs> just FYI. <laughs> Well, she's like, Dominic is so fun. She's so used to me. So she's like, whatever. <laughs> I, I I feel like my parents are the same way, yeah. honestly. If I hear one more person, by the way, tell me that Gotcha Knows from the Ariana episode <laughs> is the funniest thing they've ever heard. I'm like, are you listening to me on this at all? Either? Well, no, that's, but See, of it's not they... a partnership. It's a competition. We always knew this would happen now. We're going to yeah. match each other text for text. Well, and the other thing is like, Again, our friends are like, yeah, like, I know all the fucking joke you're going to make because I know everything about you. Whereas, like, me to your friends and you to my friends are these, like, new people. You know, they're getting a new experience, which I think is nice. We're hilarious to people who don't know how stupid we are. But once, you know, but a year into this podcast, they'll probably just say it's stupid and turn it off. Yeah, But before you do that, please tell three other friends to listen. But again, you're like a god to everyone in my life now, basically. And all um, anyone does when they come to my shows is want to meet you now. Yeah. So that's pretty much the end of both of our careers. Okay. So she goes, so Christopher, I have my own Long Island Ice Tea story. Do you want to hear it? And I said, dear God, I'm extremely nervous to hear it. But yes. 
Well, when your father and I were newly married, we would go to the original Quaker Steak and Lube for date night. We would get a bucket of wings, a lube burger, in parentheses, best burger, all capitals, ever. You've said lube twice and I haven't said anything. Keep going on. You're welcome. I'm proud. Go on. I'm proud of you. Dot, 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 dot. And then she writes, Don, 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 as in like, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. Our signature drink, a Long Island iced tea. Oh. So when you think about it, the fruit doesn't fall that far from the tree, is what she said. No. Well, first of all, your mother called you a fruit, which I yeah. think is, is its own borderline thing. offensive. <laughs> um, the other thing is that it is genetic. You're, that explains the mystery. Why would you drink the Long Island iced tea? And it's because it is literally in your blood. It's been passed down by and Mother no- DeRosa. And know that the Quaker Steak and Lube is like a gas station right. that they turned into a restaurant. Okay, so <laughs> this is a—is this a chain place? This is not. It's a, it's a chain in Pennsylvania. I grew up twenty minutes away from the original one. That was a real gas station and body shop that they turned into a restaurant, and then they have franchised them out to like be just like your Outback I... Steakhouse esque. Kind of. I feel I like I was some. I feel like I was just born. So now I'm looking this up online, <laughs> yes. and Quaker's Steak and Lube. Their website is thelube.com. Uh huh. <laughs> What's in a Long Island iced tea at a place called the Lube? What do they put poppers in there? Is that the topper? Know. Like what is this? But imagine wow. my parents. Oh, this I'm is not... like Carl's Jr. level. Yeah. Triple burger, it's like, bacon, cheese. It's nonsense. like race this car. delicious. It's like race car themed. Do you know what oh I'm saying? Like Lube Normous steak burgers. Listeners, yeah. please go to the lube.com if you don't. <laughs> Am I new? Why, why have I never heard of this? Because why would you? There's You've never been in a place that had these. Oh, there's a part of the, oh, good Lord. I, I'm too gay and disgusting to look at this. I got, there's a section of the <laughs> menu called Kids Lube Cruisers. Come on. Come on. There is Who a, runs there, that? The Catholic Church? Come on. If you, <laughs> if you order onion rings, they come like on an antenna that you would remember when, like when cars had antennas? Mm-hmm. It like comes on an antenna that you eat the onion rings. They're ha- and they're hanging on. Oh yes. my God. Like That's in a, a stack. great idea. And you can get like a thing of beer and it comes in like a huge like tube called a lube tube where you then like pour it out I of the did, tube into I your did, own I glass. Don't, I'm not. I, 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 this is this is going to be brought up again. They're going to be a sponsor before the end of this <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, they should be. And I just like, want to keep saying thank you, thelube.com, over and over again. And I need to tell you that when <laughs> this is, you're going to sign off and never speak to me again when I say this to you, but when Dale Earnhardt Sr. died, mm-hmm. I was in a Quaker Steak and Lube, and we were watching it on the television, and I experienced that death in a place that was race car themed where every single person in the restaurant was glued to the television already. And then that happened. What were, I, I don't even, I don't I know. know that, I guess that you that's, don't need like to respond. Being, that's like being in Stonewall when Judy Garland died is what yeah, i Yes, yes, yes. Were exactly. people passing out? Were there tears? It was, I remember it being a big thing. And I remember, and I was like a little child. And I remember being like, wow, this is a humongous deal. Like that this is a big deal. And I'm in this place that like is basically a shrine to this person and they're dead. I don't know where um, to go. I'm sorry that I had to drop that atomic bomb right on your face, but I, I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, and you have to keep innuending until we're done with it, don't you? <laughs> yes. I knew that the um, lube in general was going to really give you a thrill. So 
The lube has given me a thrill. If I had a nickel, the lube has given me a thrill and this, I'm going to peel this bomb off of my face and I'm really going to marinate in it for the rest of the day and figure out how the hell we're going to get Quaker state and lube to be a sponsor of this podcast. And that's it. Yeah. That is the, Oh, this food. Oh my God. They have a wing challenge that my sister's done like multiple times where you have to sign a waiver to like, cause the wings are so hot. Like, it's that kind of place. You know what I'm saying? It is. Oh, yeah, there it is. There's the whole, the shoe. What's your shoe? The Scoville heat unit. Just mm-hmm. like on um, Hot, Hot ones. ones. I'm reading the menu, and it goes from 90, which is original barbecue sauce, all the way up to 800,000, something called the Atomic Scorpion. Yes. My sister's that sounds unhealthy. Times. She has her picture on the wall in one of them. Your sister does? And she used to work at a Quaker steak and lube by my parents. Oh my God. She's like, she's literally, you are, your family is lubed up. You're lube royalty (laughs) at this point. (laughs) This is fantastic. Um, (laughs) We, oh, you know that my sister and I did the hot ones challenge, right? No, I did not know that. I bought my sister like the entire box of hot sauces for Christmas My and then on Christmas this as well we did like oh, we made great. our own version of hot ones and like shot I shot it on my iPhone and I have three camera coverage on iPhones and me oh, and my sister like wow. did it to each other and asked each other questions and ate all of the oh I have a friend who did it she said it was super fun I've never I've never like touched the footage but I should should I release it as a patreon thing once we have a patreon yes oh yes absolutely absolutely that's something people want to see your whole family now they're really stepped up your mother with the text your sister with the lube it's this is fantastic we're really getting to know the DeRozas, as well as we were getting to know the pubas earlier in the season about their television habits like this is great we're bringing them we're bringing them to the forefront i love into our lives yes yeah well we could blab on all day but i feel like we should um get to our guest So we should mention, uh, before we introduce our guest, we are speaking today about Leah Michelle, and as ever, a timely, timely podcast, The Fixing Famous People, because just this weekend, Funny Girl closed and shuttered she, its doors she it did and she that show ended in the black because of Leah michelle being in it for a full year <laughs> which is so and sad because it's like they finally recouped their money and then they're like well time to close up shop <laughs> isn't that strange is that the system with broadway it's like you make 50 cents and you're like whoo okay we made it back now we close <laughs> well which is she also- couldn't do another six what's she gonna do that's bigger than this no exactly but maybe like they the the sales were down you know what i mean yeah, I don't know. I do know that during her curtain call, she did do like a num. She did a reprise of "My Man" oh, uh, alone on stage. Do you think oh, the whole cast? Lord. Do you think the whole cast? Like she was out there alone. Do you think the cast was backstage going, "Fuck you"? They were just getting out of their costumes. They were like, "I don't even want to do this." <laughs> she can't. They were already that. at Joe Allen. They were like, "Lock the door from the inside." Yeah. <laughs> that said. Let's get to this week's guest. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Most of you probably met him like I did while watching Luann do her cabaret um, on Bravo's The Real Housewife of New York City. He is a theater expert. He is a podcast host. He is Mr. Ben Rimmelauer. Welcome. Thank you so much for that hilarious intro. We needed someone to like really have Broadway like on lock to unpack this uh, client with us. Today. I mean, you know, I've been in the Leah Michelle game since long before all the Gleeks were ever yes. aware of her. Before they were born, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Ben, please explain to people your podcast, Giants in the Sky. It's called Giants in the Sky, How Sondheim and Lapine Went Into the Woods. Hey, Broadway. It's on the Broadway <laughs> Podcast Network. It's about the making of the original production of the iconic musical Into the Woods. And I talked to actors and creatives of all stripes who worked in any way shape or form on the landmark original production and its television um broadcast in um the late 80s and um for so many people that it was a sort of gateway to musical theater and sondheim and all that stuff it's um i think really interesting to get into the minutia of how it came together because it was all pre-internet so nowadays if anything like this major in theater was going on, there'd be a million articles about it and playbill.com and people would be posting about it on social media and there'd be all kinds of like, you know, sponsored Instagrams yes, yes. and yeah, all that yeah, yeah. shit. Like and, marketing Barbie movie level shit. Yeah. Yeah. And this was all just kind of like in the dark and there were, you know, Betty Buckley was actually the witch before Bernadette Peters and got mm. fired in the workshop. And like, people don't even know this stuff, you know? And so I'm getting to the the bottom of it, uh, pun intended. I saw Into the Woods three <laughs> times in its original production. Oh, I was in high no. school and I was not out of the closet. And I, I just kept bringing girlfriends with me to see it because <laughs> it, didn't work. it was fantastic. I saw it first with Bernadette. It was, I mean, magical, obviously, obviously. like a once in a, a pairing with a role and an actor. And it's just mm. fantastic. Then I saw it with Felicia Rashad as the witch. I have tried to erase that from my memory unsuccessfully. No. I, I so miscast. So miscast. Because are you a fan of hers like outside of Into the Woods? Yeah, I've seen her in, in other Broadway productions. She's a she's and really an iconic Broadway actress, a multi-tony winning. Uh, I did not like her as the witch. I don't know yeah. why. Maybe it was a little too in her Claire Huxtable era, and I just couldn't separate it, but I just remember being very unsatisfied. But then I don't want to be controversial here. Then I saw who I thought was the best of the three witches that I saw was Nancy Dussault, who was yeah. too close for comfort, honey, yeah. Muriel, Muriel. And 
<laughs> I have to like everyone who didn't see her in it thinks that I am insane for saying that she was better than Bernadette, but there was something about her performance. It was so sultry and sexy and uh, wicked. I mean, she was so, so good. She's going to be on the pod. I'm obsessed with her because people, she is such like a, like she straddles history. Yeah. She replaced Mary Martin in the original Broadway production of the sound of music. Wow. Nancy Dussault did. Yes. And then <gasps> she replaced Bernadette Peters in into the woods in 1989. I mean, it's like, she really was like across the eras and was a TV star in between. And, um, and, you know, of course people today are just like Nancy do who, you know, but uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And was so fantastic in this. And I'm sorry for the tangent, but anytime, no, I... anytime I get a chance to mention that, uh, I mention it. And I even love when someone's like, who's Nancy Dussault? And I'm like, sit down. Let's this Eat is your this children. Is well, yes. yeah, just, uh, just a great performance, but. Uh, I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Now, Leah Michelle, uh, born in the Bronx, by the way, and also we we love to highlight middle names. Michelle is actually Leah's middle name, and her last name is Give it to me. Sarfati. No. Okay. Yeah. Leah Michelle Sarfati. She is the only child of Edith, who's a retired nurse, and Mark, who's a real estate agent and a delicatessen owner. Her mother is Italian with ancestors from Roman Naples, while her father is a Sephardic Jew with Judeo-Spanish-speaking ancestors from Thessaloniki, Greece. That, of course, is courtesy of Wikipedia. Yes. (laughs) Who's sponsoring today's episode. Always. I mean, where do we begin? Probably with her dad owning a deli, because that's trouble (laughs) from the jump. Yeah, from the jump, from the absolute jump. So, Ben, you have met Leah Michelle, when you were the bartender and watch it happens live, and Leah Michelle was, you know, co co guesting with Teresa Judice. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. What was she like? Well, first of all, why were you? How did you get the gig to bartend on Watch What Happens Live? We can't gloss over that. In addition to my uh, work with the Countess on uh, Real Housewives of New York City, I also have done a lot of work producing and directing audiobooks for Simon and Schuster. A couple, I mean, a, you know, a lot of them having nothing, most of them having nothing to do with Housewives. I worked on Hillary Clinton's book and lots of fiction and all kinds of stuff, but. But I worked on um, a couple of books with Bethany and a couple of books with Teresa. Ah. And um, the Teresa book, the first one I did with her when she was fresh out of prison, uh, Turning the Tables, uh, they covered on Real Housewives in New Jersey. Got and it. then um, I went on uh, Watch What Happens Live with Teresa uh, when she was promoting a book. Ooh, fantastic. Wow. That was fun. So was Leah Michelle like nice to you? Like Super what was nice to me, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. That's one point in her corner yeah. i'm i'm not like a leah hater i think i'm actually like the perfect person for this episode you're because you're like not think, wanting to destroy her <laughs> no i don't i'm but i'm not also like not wanting to destroy her yeah, yeah i'm yeah. just i feel like i might be the only person on earth who's like completely objective and just like calling balls and strikes about leah michelle that's a sports reference You'll yeah, never no, we, yeah did you hear what? did you notice us not know what you were saying yeah hey siri <laughs> what was any of that <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Ah, of course you responded, you bitch. Shut up. We're all worried about AI taking over the world. Siri literally, she can't spell the word Literally, excuse you. Literally. No. Uh-uh. Literally. 
Okay, so I mean, where do we even start? Okay, so Ben, where did you like first find Leah Michelle? Like she was been a Broadway person since she was like a little kid, right? Yeah, that's right. And a very important musical to at least people of my generation was the 1998, well, it was the 1998 Tonys. It might've opened in 97, the musical mm-hmm. Ragtime based on the E.L. Doctorow book and um, with a score by um, Lynn Aarons and Stephen Flaherty who wrote like Once on this Island and Seussical and lots of other things. And it was one of Audra McDonald's first Tony Awards and Brian Stokes Mitchell and the late, great Marin Maisie and really wonderful cast. And um, as the little girl, Leah Michelle, I listened to that cast recording when I was like a senior in college, backwards and forwards. And she uh, and I saw the show four times on Broadway with her, at least a couple of them. And I remember thinking she was wonderful. A child performer who was not like an automaton, but who could really act and really sing and hold the stage with these great, great talents. And But Ragtime was a brilliant, like old school American musical. And it was so epic. The story about America and civil rights and racial integration. And it was such incredible music. And the most amazing performances, the most thrilling staging. And it was just so elaborate with like a factory and like a Model T Ford and fireworks and all this crazy shit. And Leah Michelle held her own on that stage. And I mean, and I can still, you know, remember the parts on her cast recording that I loved this little girl singing. And I started off the journey of Leah Michelle 100% pro Leah Michelle. Well, and it's also like, from what you're saying, it's like, it was a very, just like, this is what theater is kind of a musical. Like this is or American what you want theater. it to be. Yeah. Sure. It should be. And you know? so when you, when sure. it, the caliber is that high, when you're so young, it's like, it set her up for success to then go on to be in Spring Awakening and all these other musicals that she like is known for now today still. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, a lot of kids that had little roles like that then didn't translate to adult success. I mean, even people like Andrea McArdle, who was iconic as Annie in the original cast of Annie. I mean, her singing in Annie is as special and brilliant as Jennifer Holliday in Dreamgirls or Patti Lepone in Evita. I'll take that to my grave. But Andrea McArdle's been- Wow. You almost just put me in mind with that. Wow. But she's been essentially kind of, you know, I don't want to say useless, but unused since then. And, you know, so that easily could have happened to Leah Michelle, who, like, I'm so gay. I remember her being like, America's our shtetl now. But, like, it's not like she sang the original tomorrow, you know? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. she could have been forgotten. <laughs> Wait, was Got that it. one of her lines in Ragtime? Yeah. Wow. Oh God. We're with an encyclopedia, Dominic. I, I mean, for real. It's a narrow encyclopedia. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even really know Spring Awakening. I just remember being pissed that I wasn't on the side of the house where you could see Jonathan Groff's ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first where I ever heard her name was the, the first time I remember was in conjunction with Spring Awakening. Yeah. And if you go back Although and she had look already on- been in Les Mis, I mean, as one of the millions of replacement uh, right, you know, young right. Or young, one of those parts. If you go back and look when Spring Awakening was opening, there's like them on the Rosie O'Donnell show singing a song. And then at the end, she's like, how old are you? And she's like, 17. And then she's like, she's so young. Like Rosie's like, they're so great. And it's like Leah Michelle, who then becomes a humongous celebrity like a couple years later. 
Yeah. But they kind of were, I mean, the Spring Awakening cast that had that energy of like the original cast of Rent, where it was kind of like the show was so hot and cool and like Glee happens. Yeah. The they all are launched into once in a lifetime amount of fame so quickly. She right. becomes a household name basically overnight. Right. Yeah. Everyone loves her voice. She's so talented. Like season one of that show is, in, in my opinion, still like such good TV. 100%. And also did not come out of the gate with a bad reputation. I mean, you know, the character of Rachel Berry was, you know, a- as annoying as someone who is that talented in high school would be to people yes. who are not yes. also Correct. talented. Um, but I think people, the first season of Glee saw Leah Michelle playing a role, knew that the character was annoying, but also knew who that person was in their high school if they were not already the Rachel Berry in their high school. Very relatable. And people liked Leah Michelle because she played the role well. Can I offer an alternate perspective? Please. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> because, see, like, I'm the guy in high school who liked those girls. Right. Like, sure. the bitchy, talented musical theater girl that everybody else thought was too much. I thought she was fabulous. I would hang out with her after school at her house and, like, puff her up, telling her how she was going to be the next Patti LuPone, you yes. know? Absolutely. Like, AKA, wait, so, excuse me. A.K.A. Chris Colfer's character in the show. 100%. Right. Yeah. And I would watch Glee, and I was coming in team... Leah. Sure. And sure. yet I wouldn't say I was hating on her season one of Glee, but she was immediately not someone I was into. I liked all the other girls more. I liked all the boys more. She continually was like at the bottom of my list of the performances on that show. Because of the performances or her because of her character? I felt that Leah Michelle was giving of herself in that role. Right. Maybe that's unfair but I'm not, I don't see her as a transformational actor. She, I don't think she's like a Meryl Streep. You know, well, she her. said when she, she had like gotten, when she, I remember listening to this in an interview that she did when she went to go audition for the role, she had gotten in a car accident, like right outside of the studio and then just like abandoned her car and went to like be not be late. And she was like, I was literally picking pieces of glass from my like windshield out of my hair while I was like auditioning. And then on top of that, she was so rattled from the, from the thing that she started to like, something would happen and the piano player like went off or something. Like he would, didn't know what he was doing. And she started to be like, no, we must go back to the beginning. I'm so sorry. Like, and started to kind of like do this quote unquote act, which I don't think was an act being like, I need to do this again. And they started dying laughing. Like she was like, no, we, we I must take this from the top. Like it's too important for me to not sing this correctly. And like, they were like, this is the character. Like you are yeah. the character. Like, and yeah. it's like, and sh- I think she in retrospect is like, yeah, I like, Oh, ha ha. And I'm like, no, you were being yourself. And that was exactly what you're saying. You were being yourself. And they were like, wow, this is so funny. Cause this woman, this character you're doing right now is so insufferable. And she's like, yeah, this character that I'm doing that definitely isn't me at all <laughs> is so insufferable. But that's she- what makes her great and funny girl. Yes. You know? Yes. Well, what she didn't mention uh, in that story was that the car accident that she was in uh, was her fault. And she'd killed six people right for the audition and her blood pressure didn't even go up. She just said, I want this fucking job. And she got it. Bravo. And she had to kill a family to do it. She's I'm like, fine with that. she's in like black swan. She's like, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> 
there, you know, the way that young people have been able to like territorialize Broadway nowadays, I think is because of a generation. You, if you didn't have Glee, you wouldn't have Riverdale, you know, there, that wouldn't, yeah. that mm, wouldn't have true. The, the interest was brought to them by um, Ryan, Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Wow. Our God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so all this to say, Glee's great, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like they, yeah. the, you know, and it's a perfect role for her because she's like, I'm such a good singer. And like, yeah. I can do this exact character that is exactly like myself, basically in high school. Like, this is who I was in high school. So I'm going to just play myself in high school and yeah. sing all the songs I've ever wanted to sing and like, just knock it out of the fucking part because her voice is unparalleled. I don't feel that her voice is unparalleled. I think she has a really terrific voice. Uh, but who else is doing what she was doing and looking like she was 15? I don't know. To me, her voice is like very, like every girl that played Alphaba. Okay. I, I think what no, she does I, in Funny I mean, Girl. That's, 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 that's still praise though. I mean, to even yeah, be yeah. able to do what she does <laughs> yeah. is pretty, is pretty I don't. I just don't consider her like, what makes her special in Funny Girl is the I, it's the determination that she's going to use up all the air in her body and fucking like bring the house down you know yeah, she's she a no beast choice. on that stage and that she's it's like very few times you see someone you know Kristen Chenoweth does that Patti Lapone Bernadette Peters obviously it's what Barbara Streisand did that like changed the world in Funny Girl it's what all the old school people used to do and n- what what she's doing there that the Elphabas don't do. And it's partly just the material because in, in, you know, when you're going like, ah, you don't have the chance as when you've got these sort of lower notes of the old school show tunes, they get to show their balls. And Leah Michelle took that and like, really like balls to the wall. Mm-hmm. When, and she has to like prove every day, like you guys fucking allowed me to be in funny girl and i'm gonna show you why totally. like, she's just like hanging on like no, for she dear had life to. yeah if yeah had it, honestly if she had gotten to do the part four years ago with ryan murphy the way she originally wanted to before it all fell apart i think that she would have gotten bad reviews and the show would have been a flop and i think she needed this sort of like comeback story yeah like drama and yeah the drama with you're fucking very me. right I think that's what gave her that like ferocity that crossed the line. It really, well, because it was like, we don't want to have to give this to you, but you're the only person that can do it. I mean, yeah. you know what it I mean? That like, it's that kind it of did. a thing. Yeah. Like, we made a mistake. We're coming crawling back to you, yeah. is what it yes. felt like. Yeah. yeah. But I think if she had done it the first time, people would have been like, it's more of the shit from Glee. She just seems like another Alphaba. So, well, and know. they would have, but they also would, they weren't going to take the chance on her because of her reputation. Like the reputation she then gave, she then garnered after like the late seasons of Glee. No one wanted to touch her, which kind of wants me is what I want to start bringing up is like, yeah, it starts to come out in the rags that like, she is so hard to work with. She's mean to everyone. All of her co-stars like in different ways, drop hints that she's like a monster on the set. Even like this year on like Michelle Collins, I think your friend, Michelle Collins, who I've like obsessed with and listened to every day. She's fab. Chris Colfer was like, no, I don't need to like be traumatized. I don't need to talk about her. Like, you know what I mean? Like they all, even right. her, who, even him, who was her like BFF on the show, they all have horrible, horrible things to say. And every new character that would come on, she would like haze allegedly, like according to like the gossip 
columns that's, that she would that's like. That's our next podcast. That's we're gonna. It's just gonna be what did Leah Michelle do? Michelle to you? do it to and you, Uncle. Like, <laughs> Forty-four. Well, there's like a there's that. a million people in her wake. We could do have a well, podcast forever. But, but see, that's her, her fall from grace is rather Giuliani in scale to me. Yes, because correct. she was the lead on a hit television show, like what would be like her, her gradual ascension. Like if you're going to go from stage to TV, that's the, that's the way to do it. And you know, the show's a hit and then, you know, at least in the pop culture sphere, sure it fades away like other shows do, but then she loses the love of her life. You know, she has the sympathy of the world when Corey Monteith passes away and you would think who, you know, she's a talent. Her show got canceled. She lost her man. Like this is someone who's only going to have a comeback story. And then rather than have, you know, years of sympathy, these stories just start dribbling out and each one is just worse than the last. And there was a moment where I just thought to myself, how is this happening to Leah Michelle? Like we were devastated for her five minutes ago and now she is a pariah. And that's why she reminds me of Rudy Giuliani because I'm like, you were America's mayor in 2001. How are you the village idiot now? Like what, what the hell happened? There's a difference though, because Giuliani would be like, is basically shitting in all of our shoes like every month. Leah Michelle, it's all hearsay, you know? And like, I'm not saying I don't believe it. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. reason Jane Lynch was, when Leah said she was coming in a month early, Jane Lynch was like, ah, take my vacation. Yeah, like, I'm out of here. I'm out <laughs> right. of here. Yeah. And she wasn't like talking shit. She, Jane Lynch was like, I wish her the best. We're great buddies. But she was like, taxi. Well, the one thing Leah, <laughs> Michelle, and Giuliani have in common is that they did, uh, they both murdered the homeless, I think. So <laughs> that is at least one congruency They're there. They're both picking broken glass out of their hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I think that, um, you know, the, also the Leah Michelle stuff, it also has to do with timing. Like that all was happening. It's like, not that it's the same thing as the Me Too movement, but just kind of like our culture just sort of like opening its ear towards like, hey, like it's actually kind of fucked up the way people have to be treated just because someone else is higher than them on the call sheet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like that sort of moment in time, the Leah stuff was all, all coming out like right in that thing. And so I think that um, she a little bit kind of became like an easy punching bag. Not that it's unfair, but I just think that like, she was just sort of a convenient, you know, well, person. when there's so many stories, it's easy to be like, look at this monster. Whenever yeah. every single one of your co-hosts like, or scene partners is like, she's a monster. But like, it's also because she's a woman. You know, I think yeah. like men get away with shit like she 100%. did and worse. You know, 100%. although, you know, like I'm sure Barbara Streisand's a nightmare to work with. I don't think that's sexist. I think that's probably just like fact. Yeah, and yeah. like, <laughs> Leah Michelle is like not for nothing, like a good sort of like, you know, junior version of that. Right. Yeah. I don't well, know that, you know, Barbara Streisand would never look at Jeff Bridges and say, I'm going to shit in your wig on the set of Mirror has two faces. Though. I don't know that she wouldn't. Come on. She's well, like, by, go the time, by the time of the Mirror two faces, Barbara, like every molecule in the universe, anywhere near Barbara Streisand was like written, directed, conceived and right. approved by Miss Streisand. <laughs> 
But back in the day when she was like a little pisher like Leah, you know, I'm Barbara had to go through her own antics to get what she wanted. And, you know, I mean, there's an amazing, um, I think it's Los Angeles Magazine uh, article from one of the screenwriters that was like hired on a Star is Born, like the Barbara Streisand Star is Born. And it's like, absolutely horrifying the way she behaved um, and the way she treated people and what went down on that set for like months. And and she was a much bigger star then in A Star is Born than Leah ever has been or ever will be. True, true. Well, speaking of the two of them, I remember that when Glee was like taking off and becoming super famous, Barbara was toying with the idea of doing a remake of a, a cinematic remake of gypsy. Yes. My personal favorite musical mm-hmm. of all time. Yes. And they, and it was ve- rumored. And I remember reading this on like Perez Hilton and like all those like blog, like yeah. before we have now just like Instagram accounts, like that are fans of things. Like whenever yeah. Perez Hilton was still like where you got all your pop culture news, yeah. it was like Leah Michelle was like shoe in to be uh like Gypsy Rose Lee. But Barbara chose Gaga, right? And Barbara was going to be Rose. But Barbara chose Gaga for- But it never happened. But Barbara had an Instagram pic of herself, John Travolta, Ryan Murphy, um, Lady Gaga, and I think I'm forgetting somebody else. She wrote like a wonderful evening at home. Oh, and Al, uh, no, Ryan, uh, John Travolta. And they, oh, Kelly Preston, who was just there with John. But Ryan was, you know, going to produce and Barbara was going to direct and star uh, as Ma- and uh, Mama Travol- Rose. Travolta was going to play Rose, right? In this production. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants him in that She lady. has in her basement, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. He was going to be her quote unquote husband. And, um, uh, or whatever Herbie is, you know, the manager, but that she has yeah, the affair yeah. with. Right. And, uh, and Gaga was going to be, uh, you know, Gypsy Rose Louise. Lee. Maybe Leah was, uh, under consideration too. I never would have believed that because if you remember the Kennedy Center honors Barbara Streisand, she doesn't like anybody, even anywhere in her lane, even if they're like Leah Michelle is so nothing compared to Barbara. Mm, but like slam. when Adina Menzel was like singing, like, hey, Miss Streisand. Here I am. Barbara looked like she just smelled a fart. <laughs> and then when Beyonce was singing the way we were, Barbara was like, mm, like butter. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah Beyonce was better than Adina Menzel was that night, at least. But it wasn't just that. It was like, yes, a number one pop star. That's who should pay tribute to me, not this girl from the show. Like, because to Barbara, Truthfully, in reality, but at least to Barbara, Adina Menzel is just a second or third rate Barbara Streisand. And really, Leah Michelle is like a second or third rate Adina Menzel. Slam. These are, it is Slam City. This is Slam City. We're in Slam City. We live in Slam City now. Um, But so, but all this to say is that I remember it being like rumored Leah Michelle is going to be, I'm sure that's not what it actually was, but like it was a thing where she was going to have that role or like was rumored for that role. And then a lot of the people were saying like, but they're nervous because she's like so difficult and like, there's already like Barbara. So what's going to happen? See, that's like, funny. Cause I would think that she wouldn't be difficult in that scenario because she would be like, be yes, like Streisand. Yes, thank you. Yes. Ms. Streisand. Yeah. Like that's truly Barbara that never was- went to see funny girl. Right. She's never been. No, I Barbara lies. Like Barbara says she never saw Gypsy on Broadway, but then I've also heard from inside sources that she saw all the Gypsies on Broadway. When even when Patty was in it. Yeah, yeah, even when Patty was in it. 
but honestly, like, I feel like bad shit can happen to everybody. Like, sure. I feel like for her to be successful, it's not that she needs no bad shit to happen. It's that she needs more shit to happen so that a mixed in with the bad is more good. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I was, I'm saying is like, she had these opportunities that were supposed to be these big, huge like rises that were going to even be like bigger than Glee. And then it just like every single one of them falls. Like if, if Barbara and her were in gypsy together, we would all be like dying. Like we would be loving it. Like I get that you're saying that other people would be better at it, but like it would be a big fucking deal to like gay America that yeah, they were being 100%. the main characters in Gypsy in a movie. Yeah, and whatever happened, they just couldn't get it together, right? Because Barbara, Barbara was like, "I don't want to work." She was like, "What am I doing this for?" She no, was- no, no, no. There was Barbara wanted to do it and probably still says she's doing it, but they the studios wouldn't give Barbara the money for this enormous production that she would like direct and star in. And then she was going to have somebody else direct it, but she didn't like that idea really of not being in control. Sure. And oh, what a missed opportunity. But I, but isn't it a missed opportunity? Barbara's yes. 80. Yeah. Well, now, <laughs> yes, now, now. She's 70 then. That's yeah. not, the woman is supposed to be a mother with young daughters. I know, but isn't yeah, this no, the same right. issue you're we're right. having with, is, isn't Glenn Close still doing the movie version of Sunset Boulevard? Glenn Close should be shot in the street and get away <laughs> from that musical. Oh my God. But anyway, I, the age is not the problem. The age is not the problem with Sunset Boulevard. I would buy a Norma Desmond a gargoyle any age. That's oh, fine. What's the difference? We are oh in the stratosphere. God. Officially in the stratosphere. This is the most explosive episode of this podcast we've ever had. Wow. She should be shot. I in mean, the you rarely meet a homosexual who will call for the death of Glenn Close. <laughs> I love Glenn Close, but I want her to get the fuck away from musical theater. She is tone deaf. And on top of the fact that she's tone deaf, her interpretation of Norma Desmond is like a cartoonish loon. I would rather see Bianca Del Rio do it than Glenn Close. That musical is a long two and a half hour slog. It needs a performance with heart and nuance. Otherwise, it gets boring. Well, if you see the version where Glenn does 11 curtain calls, it's actually three hours and 15 minutes. It's, it's 11 curtain calls because the audience is like, oh my God, it's Glenn Close. Oh my God, it's Glenn Close. Oh my God, it's Glenn Close. I'm dying. On a loop for 11 minutes. Yeah. 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 Speaking of insane And they paid $300 a piece. I mean, you know, Broadway is just an event at this point. Like, it's like, it's not about anything else. Yeah. So all this to say, she, you know, she loses. She did a Zola commercial that didn't pan out well for her. She had albums they that those didn't pan out for her either. No one cared about her own original music. She didn't really. I, they didn't. No one cared. What did she ever have a hit? No. I wouldn't know because she got wrapped up in she in Me Too. I mean, all these revelations came out as part of Me Too because it wasn't. There were moments during the Me Too movement where it wasn't just about workplace harassment and sexual assault, it, it ended up turning into a thing about kindness in the workplace. And there, anyone yeah. who acted like an asshole repeatedly was exposed. And she was sort of at the nucleus of that. And certainly like maybe the most famous female wrapped up in, in the, in these accusations, you know what I mean? I mean, people were saying horrible things about her and it was just, 
The problem was that there was no safe space for her with the cast. There was no one came no. forward and said, you know, I understand she was in a bad mood. Everyone was just like, she, she's a cunt from crafty to the cast party. We were just, yeah. she was just horrible. Everybody. She's like, but Jonathan um, Groff liked me. He was like yeah. recurring. And then, okay, so so she does all these other things. It doesn't really work. Her reputation gets dragged through the mud. Then on the internet, someone starts this, like, rumor that she doesn't know how to read. <laughs> or either <laughs> <do> or <laughs> That's my favorite thing about her. So, like, there's all these pictures so of her, like, silly. Hold, holding books <laughs> and, like... And it's like holding books and like her, like them being like, she has no idea what this says. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that, like nah, all nah. these things of her like reading a newspaper and then being like, she's pretending like, and it's just so hilarious. And she eventually, I think recently just started like to like, be like, haha, if I could only read this or something like on Twitter. <laughs> At the Tony like, Awards, she just, and great, it's been like, great years. About it. oh, what did she say? I wish I could remember, but she said something really funny on the Tony Awards acknowledging that in a really smart, I'm sure someone wrote it for her, but, yeah. but, uh, but she read it. Uh, but it was really, she made a really funny, you know, joke about that whole thing. And yeah, yeah. it was great. She basically like only recently started like making jokes about it herself, which I thought said was like a year and a half too long. Like she should have been making this joke, like immediately upon it coming on the internet. She was probably learning to read during that time. Like <laughs> why it took her so long to write <laughs> shit down. Well, if she can't read. She wasn't aware of the meme. Yeah, you're correct. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. She thought That's, there were just that, cute pictures of her with books. Guys, That's you why she was lashing yeah. out at everybody. She was mad that she couldn't read the scripts on Glee. So then, I mean, as we all know, like Beanie Feldstein is doesn't do the job at being Fanny Bryce as we thought that she would. And then they basically excuse me, it- excuse me, excuse me. Beanie Feldstein did precisely the job that I knew she would. Oh, slam. I was oh trying God. to give her the benefit. You're just of here to drop bombs. This is like Oppenheimer. No, fuck that. That is white privilege in action, what Beanie Feldstein did on that stage. I've never well, been so offended. Well, when I said, like, w- way to set someone else, like, way to set someone up for failure. Like, she doesn't have, n- most people, let alone her, don't have the singing ability to even remotely be considered right. for this there's role. only a certain percentage of actual professional singers who could pull off can actually do the it character there's there's no doubt it was written for somebody who who sings that perfectly that's why it was the marriage between role and star at its inception um i saw beanie feldstein and what i will say is this thank god it's over. No, what I will say is yeah. that she she was funny as an no, actress. No, no, she was fine. She was cutesy. She did that same fucking like fat girl pushing her hair awkwardly behind her ear, kind of insecure, nervous humor that she does that was totally wrong for the character. It like sort of kind of worked in Hello Dolly in that tertiary role, but it was a fucking weak choice. And the singing is obviously hideous and didn't belong an and was worse. But you know what? I understand their choice casting a bad singer in the role. I get them being like, no one will ever be Streisand 
We're never going to be able to equal that. What we need is somebody that's original and funny and can make it their right. own. Because that's right. what's going to carry the story. Someone like a young Jackie Hoffman or something, you know, I get that. But that's not what that's not what Beanie is. Beanie is like a great film and television, like sort of dramedy. Like, you know, she, she belongs in the same kind of projects like her brother is in. And she's been good in all those things. She's a good, awkward, funny weirdo. She was good. She's good in that vampire series, you know. She's yeah. been good in everything she's done on screen. I liked her as Monica Lewinsky. She's exactly the kind of like spoiled little like Jewish girl like that Monica Lewinsky was sort of just mm-hmm. like clueless in the world, you know, and she was perfect in that role. And I found her moving and charming. But on Broadway musical stage, she doesn't really have the persona, even in even in that small part in Hello, Dolly, she wasn't great. And then in she was just flailing in Funny Girl. Well, I still maintain that there were funny moments from Beanie. I'm afraid to say it further because Ben has already screamed at us many times. close with death. So I don't know what he'd do to an unknown like myself. <laughs> I'll just die. No one will find me. He'll no, I, I feel sorry now. for you. I feel sorry for you. You're like an abused child. You're like, no, because like, I know daddy beat us on Saturday night, but like on Sunday, he took us for ice cream and like I... he had double scoop. <laughs> I thought yeah, that sure. he was. Beanie's great. not a moron. Beanie is a talented actress of screen and so there's good lines in that comedic script like punched up by harvey firestein she didn't just ruin everything it wasn't just like like it was read by siri i thought i am the greatest star was a very cute number a cute number it's supposed to blow your brains out but it didn't it was just a cute number that was that was it did not blow my she did not blow it's my not like your out. niece's recital in Westchester. It was a cute number. It's supposed <laughs> to be like the fucking like I'm opening dead. establishing like barn burner for the star playing Fanny Bryce on Broadway. Oh Lord in heaven, where are we gonna do? I feel worse for her now than I did. So before. all that way, okay, I'm moving on from I'm Beanie Feldman. I'm still so angry at her because she should have known. She should have known she didn't have the chops. She for didn't that. care. She didn't care. She wanted to get that. She regrets it now. Yeah. I'm sure. Beanie Feldstein, you know, is like, I got to get out of here. Murdered by Leah Michelle. Murdered by Leah Michelle. And then they are like, Leah, we know that you know every single word of this musical. Like (laughs) like a dog behind a fence. They're like, just let her out and do the show. (laughs) They're like, can you be here in 25 minutes? And she's like, I'm already on my way. You know what I mean? <laughs> she's and then literally she, in the dressing basically, room. <laughs> basically the next day she like got on the stage and started performing and too much applause people really. And I, you are right. It's like, she needed to do it as like, I'm going to save the show. And like, even though you all hate me, you can't deny how good of a, like how talented of a person I am and that I'm born for the stage. And I have a resume that is worthy of this role. And I'm going to show you all that right now. And she did. She really did did not. I cannot imagine the pressure she must've felt that first night. I really can't. I mean, knowing how badly so many people want for her Wanted to fail. Her to, yeah. And she didn't. That's the and magic they, of Broadway. Yeah. And they recouped their money the, at the, because she was in it. I was doing a little research because I didn't remember when all of the bad shit about her started leaking out. And I didn't realize that it, when, uh, when George Floyd was murdered by police, she expressed her support for him. And the Black Lives Matter movement online. I'm getting this from a Distractify article. And she originally received praise for her statement about George Floyd. 
but this was the moment when her former Glee co-star, oh, they all were like, oh, Samantha you Ware was you like, all, yeah, uh-uh. she's like, no, 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 no. And then just in response to Leah Michelle showing support for George Floyd, Samantha Ware said that Leah made everyone's time on Glee, specifically her, a living hell. And it almost made her quit acting. You know, there were many allegations, but one culminating that Leah Michelle told another classmate that she wanted to shit in Samantha Ware's wig. Dear God. Yep. So when she made her Funny Girl debut in September of last year, only one of her Glee co-stars went to see her perform, and that was Jonathan Groff. And recurring on Glee. Right. So recurring. barely on Glee and also no already one her friend. The regular in cast alive went well, to her show. Also, like only on Glee because she was like, You better fucking put in Jonathan Groff. Like he needs to be my love interest. He's my best friend. Everyone will love this. Like, you better have him on the show. Yes, like we said re- then recently. Well, not recently, but I guess it was in last October, Chris Colfer was on the Michelle Collins show. And that was when Chris brought up all this stuff again. A month after she opened to raves on Broadway, when um, he was asked if he would go see Leah on Broadway, he said, no, I could be triggered at home. Yeah. <laughs> slam. My mean. Wow, what a great slam. I think we should get to the pitches. I think it's time to try to fix. I had a pitch that was going to be Leah Michelle coming back and playing all these iconic roles on Broadway, like Louise and Gypsy. Mm-hmm. Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz and like mm-hmm. just like doing all these things to like reclaim like how good of a, a person she is. And then Ben just absolutely destroyed her how that she's not that good of a singer and like anything through this entire episode. So I don't want to, I'm pivoting away from that. And what she is going to do, there's a problem in America and that problem is reading. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, but this is not even, this isn't even a joke. The way that we teach kids to read in America nowadays does not work and is not right. And the way the reason that we teach them this is because a company has like pumped millions of dollars into the government to like use their method. And it's it doesn't work. Hooked on phonics. What I learned when I was a kid, kaput. They use some other way now where they just guess words and it doesn't work. I listened to a whole podcast on it. It's really bad. And the reason that anyone knows any of this now is because parents in COVID were like realizing that their kids weren't learning how to read and was, were listening to the lessons and being like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. So Leah Michelle is going to revamp a hooked on phonics type method with streamable videos that wow. you're going to watch her and a room full of children read books and learn the different sounds that are like different parts of words make. <laughs> They'll be learning together. They'll be learning together. She <laughs> will 9 million times like reference, like, we're all learning and like there will be a wink and a nod to the camera ev- along the way. And she's going to get like Rachel Berry at these kids sometimes. And it's going to be very fucking funny. And even people like us are going to buy them just to watch her be a cunt to like a 12 year old mm-hmm. and like yell at them. And she is going to just revolutionize reading, save the children of America by teaching them how to properly read so that our country can be smarter and not fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. And she's so, like, she's never going to get the fame that she wants just from being a performer because she right. would have just, despite all of how horrible she is apparently behind the scenes, like she would have just gotten a bunch of really good roles. And so it's not happening for her in this way. She did funny girl. And still like where are the, the roles aren't rolling in. 
Like we should have heard by now that there's like press that she's going to do A, B, and C movie. Other than being, you know what I mean? She's not doing that. She is going to teach America's children how to read. And that is my pitch. Leah Michelle. I I am a big fan of leaning into the shit that got you in trouble. You're already doing that. Uh, you've already, you know, made little cracks at the Tonys about not being able to read and all that stuff. That's good. You have a sense of humor. That's great. You've played your dream role. We all knew this. And now here you are. And all anyone else is saying after that is, well, now what? Like, there's there's no obvious path. Like, you've done the thing you've always wanted to do. And now you find yourself with nothing to do because your reputation is sort of shitty. And we know that you're super talented on top of it. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to we're going to refocus our entire career, Leah, to take roles where people are in a strange way enjoying your entertainment but also seeing revenge exacted on you oh by the people God. who would have that. I'm talking about Leah Michelle and Chris Culvert starring in a Broadway production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf as George and Martha. I'm talking about Leah Michelle and Amber Ware. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Leah Michelle and Samantha Ware starring in a stage production of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane with Leah as Blanche and Samantha Ware just beats the shit out of her every 15 minutes. So we would see the revenge being exacted in the physical way that our animal minds need it. And we would also be entertained as well. Amber Riley and Leah Michelle in a physical contact version of The Odd Couple, <laughs> where Felix and Oscar, instead of tr- witticisms, they just throw punches at each other. Oh, and this is, everyone who has an axe to grind with Leah Michelle gets cast opposite her on Broadway. Since she eclipsed so many of them on Glee, she will now pull them up to her level where they can entertain with her while also beating her. It's a little clunky. It's not my favorite pitch of mine, but the thought of seeing Samantha Ware punch Leah Michelle while she's in a wheelchair, <laughs> I think means that I should have the winning idea. But Ben, this is in your Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm sorry. Pitch. I have I have no notes. I think Dominic absolutely has I knew what I mean, of course. How could you pass that up? I think, I mean, this really ticks all the boxes. I love what you said about she helps them because like some of these people from Glee are so talented, arguably as talented as Leah, if not more, and yet they're out of work. And here they get to star on Broadway in something that's high profile because Leah is in it. But it it also, it also lends itself to like, this is what people want now out of theater is like, there's some backstory that like there's drama. Like everyone ran to funny girl with Leah Michelle, not because it like was Leah Michelle and funny girl. They wanted to be there for whenever she like destroyed it. And like, they could be like, she was so much better than Beanie Feldstein. It's just like how everything else now where it's everything has to be a competition or there has to be some kind of like, what was the movie with Olivia Wilde? Um, Don't worry, darling. There has to be some kind of like, don't worry, darling style, like drama behind the scenes for them to like be interested in it. And well, it's like, it this is just meta. Yes. I mean, then 
you are watching something real happen. Like, yeah, yes. Leah's pretending to be Fanny Bryce trying to make it on the Ziegfeld Follies. But in real life, Leah Michelle is desperately cleaving her way to Broadway stardom. And that is like a real event. As opposed to Beanie Feldstein, who was like in her school play. Slam. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. She didn't get the part in her school play. Wow. Slam. Slam was slam. in a slam. Yeah, wow. It's like the Russian doll of slam. Yeah. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> oh, Dominic, you deserved this win. That was a beautiful pitch. I know you said that yeah. you didn't like it, but it's I'm beautiful. happy to have survived this podcast with Ben as a guest, <laughs> considering all of the violence that he is. He is You're the one that's literally promoting violence on stage. I, you know, I literally <laughs> am doing that. But for art. You having Glenn Close shot in the street is not something for that we're art. shooting. Yes, it is for art. We will all be the better. Oh my God. I anyway, can't. that was an ultimatum. Shot in the street if. Shot in the street if. She has the choice to make to not do Sunset Boulevard. Frankly, it doesn't look like anyone's banging down her door to make it happen at this point. I know, but every time she's on a red carpet, someone brings it up and she's like, we're getting there, we're getting there. And it's just... It's like who, Barbara with that gypsy movie for years. It ain't gonna happen. It's too. We need who the age appropriate person to play the male lead opposite Glenn Close would have to be Clint Eastwood at this point. Like it's not yeah. gonna be. It's not gonna be. Who's gonna Who's gonna play the the William Holden role? Zac Efron. Like it's not. Well, it's supposed to be an age gap. Yeah, but that's like a sixty year age gap. <laughs> but Zac Efron's got to be like pushing forty. He probably is. He looks different now, though. Glenn Close is like, what, like 75? Glenn, I do think it. Hey, Siri, how old is Glenn Close? Glenn Close is 76 years old. Oh, 76. I was close. All right. Yeah, Yeah. yes, you were. Close. So is she. Um, Glenn Close, but no cigar. Dear God. That's one of the best lines from the original Will and Grace. I was so close. (laughs) I was Glenn Close. (laughs) Ben, this has been a absolute whirlwind. Where can people find you? They can find me at Ben Rimmelauer across all platforms, including Threads, but not X. And where can they find your podcast? Tell us what it is. It is on Broadway Podcast Network, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those other places y'all get your podcasts. Dominic, where can people find you? Uh, my website's dominary.com and the socials are at Dominic Pupa. Chris, I have a question for you. <laughs> Where can they find you? The people, of course. Where can you they can find you? <laughs> You're so stupid. You can find me at the Chris Rosa. You can find the show at Fixing Famous People. Write a review and let us know who you want us to fix next. I wish you both well. And as always, where is Shelly? Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.